Okay, so we began this uh, segment of the Febrengen discussing the cause for antisemitism. The owner of the mound and the owner of the ditch are trying to, to figure out what to do with this Jewish people. And, and we explained the, the, the root of antisemitism and uh, what it causes and how it's something that... Uh, continues on and on until until the coming of Mashiach but the um, and we, the, the antidote for it as we learned in the story of Esther is, is that Esther realized this wasn't something that had to do with the, 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 it wasn't the fault of Mordechai it wasn't the anger of Haman and it has to do with Hashem's decision and therefore the way to correct it was through Teshuvah um but then we asked two questions about the story of Esther. Question number one is, why is it important to read the entire story? Why is it sufficient just to read either the story of the decree against us and our salvation, or to describe the greatness of Mordechai as well, um, or just go straight to the salvation, just go straight to the happy ending? Why, why go to the, to, the, to the... But the beginning of the story seems to have no relevance at all to our people. Achashverosh becomes a king, and he makes a party. Why is that part of the story of Esther? And what we discovered so far was that it may not seem like it has relevance to us, but if you read it as one story, you'll discover that the only reason why Hashem made Achashverosh to be the king, and why he caused the various wars that enabled him to become the king, was only in order that we should be able to be victorious over our enemies in the entire 127 provinces of Achashverosh. His becoming the world leader, leader of the, literally the entire world, was, was meant to grant us uh, real security through the story of Purim. And so this has um, great relevance to us because... You might think that we're just one minority in the world and we, the, what's happening in the big world has nothing to do with us. Um, and the story of Purim tells us that, no, the whole world is created for the sake of Torah and the sake of the Jewish people, <clears throat> though we may be the minority. And as Maimonides says, that Hashem orchestrates all these different, uh, different people to do things for the sake of the Chacham, for the sake of the wise man to study Torah. In a similar way, there's what's going on in the world is really is really not just for um, just things happening in the world, but is it is in sync with the purpose of creation, the, the, the initial purpose of creation, which is still the purpose of creation, which is for the Torah and the Jewish people. So all has relevance to us. <clears throat> and so, so therefore, it's important for us to know um, the whole story of Purim, because that gives us a, a, a holistic view of what Judaism really is. Judaism is a holistic religion. That the whole world is connected to God's destiny and God's purpose and the Jewish people's destiny and purpose. This will help us understand our next question. Our next question was, why is it that after Mashiach comes, we're going to continue to study the story of Purim? When Mashiach comes, Yirmiyahu and all other prophets won't be center stage anymore because every child in kindergarten will also have prophecy. So the fact that Hashem communicates with a human being 
won't be something novel. So why is it after Mashiach comes that we will still need to study the story of Esther? If, if Jeremiah and, Hose, and Isaiah and all the other prophets, if their words aren't so important to us after Mashiach comes, how come the story of Esther is important? Especially because the story of Esther again includes the story of Achashverosh, the story of the Gentiles. Why is that relevant after Mashiach comes? So now in Islam and Hey, the Rebbe is going to begin telling us the answer. This idea that we just learned that the entire world is created for the sake of the Jewish people. And that's why we must read the entire story of, of Esther, including the story of Achashverosh. This is also pertinent to the coming of Mashiach. Even after Mashiach comes, and God causes all the nations of the world to, to serve him with one consent, it's not that there will only be Jews and Torah and God. Even then, we will be the minority of all nations, and there, we're, there'll be Gentiles around us then as well. As the Torah says, there will be strangers who will come and tend to your sheep. There will be Gentiles there as well. Not only there will also be there, there'll be more Gentiles than Jews even after Mashiach comes. Mashiach will come, we will need to bring sacrifices. Which means we'll, there will also need to be animals there as well. There also need to be vegetation. So the animals need to eat things. So there's for sure going to be vegetation when Mashiach comes as well. And also the prophecy says, ah, about the coming of Mashiach, he will come and with song, garring the sheaves, t- talking about planting se- seeds with tears and reaping them with joy. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. So happy for you. L'chaim, l'chaim. <laughs> he pl- he who plants what what do we say in the, in the Torah before we bench? He comes reaping. He, he planted. I'm telling you, this man planted seeds with tears, and now he's coming re- reaping with the uh, the uh, sheaves with joy. Thank God. We walk in on cue, on cue. So Mashiach will come. Will also have vegetation, as it says in the Torah that he will come with joy, ca- ca- carrying the sheaves. Which means that all the other things that need to be done um, to cause those things to grow will also be there. That means they'll be inanimate as well. So there's going to be humans, there's going to be animals, there's going to be vegetation, there's going to be inanimate. It's not only God, Jews, and the Torah of Mashiach will come. There's going to be a whole world out there. But you need to understand. We finally reach the time that we are done with the troubles and hardship of exile. And we merited to arrive and to the, see the coming of Mashiach. The goal of creation. And Maimonides says at that time we'll be able to be totally focused on Torah and its wisdom without any disturbance. The Rambam says the world will be full of the knowledge of God, like water covers the ocean bed. So why do we need to have all of these nations serving God with one consent, with clear speech? What's the point of the nations serving God then? 
Let them be Jews. And if not, they won't be Jews. Why do we need to have these strangers that we need to be involved with after Mashiach comes? Let us just relax ourselves. Let's learn Torah without any, any disturbance. Let us not need to plow and plant and to eat and drink and all these. Why do we need to have all these nations uh, and, and, and all these things after Mashiach comes? Why all the thinkingness of the coming of Mashiach? What, what's the point? Why have Jews? You have a different question. Why have Jews? All right. Well, what, what are you interested in having? No, no, I mean, if we're all going to be the same and we're all creatures of God... Ah, why, why... Yeah, I mean... Okay, let, 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 let's go this from the Rebbe's angle, asking the Rebbe's question, I'll go back to you, I'll see, I'll see if that answers your question as well. Okay. Le practically, Mashiach will come, not only there will be humans, there will also be every species of the animals. Of vegetation and the inanimate. And this will be, um, everything will be, it will be, it'll then be functioning in a way that it will be seen it's all for the sake of the Jewish people. Which are the smallest of all nations. That they will study Torah and the world will be full of God like water covers the ocean bed. It is true, the Mashiach will come, the glory of God will be revealed, and all flesh will see the mouth of God is speaking. We'll see the energy of Hashem in creation. This is a medrash, as medrash says, Mashiach will come, a person may go and try to uh, uh, take a fig off a tree on Shabbos, the fig will scream at him and say, Hey, what are you doing? It's Shabbos. And so to regarding the inanimate, it also says that the, a stone will call out to you from the wall. Yes, there will be inanimate and there will be vegetation, but the main thing, the main existence will be the existence of the Jewish people who will be involved in the Torah and its wisdom. That's the main thing that's going to be Meshachal. It doesn't make sense to have such a big world out there for such a small amount of people, just a few Jews, to sit and study Torah comfortably, yet there's a whole world. What's, what, what's the point of having this whole world out there just for the sake of a few Jews studying Torah? To answer this question, to answer why do we need this whole world out there, Hashem tells us that even after Mashiach comes, we have to read the story of Esther. Even after Mashiach comes, the story of Esther will not be um, irrelevant. We need the story of Esther. Even though all other prophecies won't be important. Because everyone will have prophecy. As Ramam says, there will be lots of wisdom Mashiach will come. As the Zohar says, that even children will have will know lots of Torah. So even after Mashiach comes, and even after all the prophecies will not be important to us, yet we will still have to read the story of Esther, and we will need to know 
that the way that we arrive at the transformation of the bad to good is through the whole story of Esther starting off with Achashverosh becoming the king. And this has a very strong, strong relevance to what we need to do nowadays, before Mashiach comes. A Jew should not be afraid looking at the fact that we are a very small minority. We are, we are so um, small, mute to mute, tiny, in compared to all the nations. And among Jews, the ones who are part of your group of Jews, the ones who have your customs, whatever, they are a minority of the minority. So how can you say that you're fighting for truth? How can you say you're fighting for truth? You're fighting for the Torah of life. You're fighting for the mitzvahs that, that you're supposed to live in these mitzvahs. Seemingly, there's no room in logic to say that God built such a big world for a small group of people to put on tefillin, to wear tzitzis, to keep Shabbos, to keep kosher. How can you say there's such a big world for the sake of this small minority? The, the answer is that we have a lesson that we learned from the time of Achashverosh. And this is a lesson for all of time. In order that the Jewish people should have light and joy, what did God do? God made Achashverosh to become a king over 127 provinces. All the politics and all different events are orchestrated just for the sake of the Jewish people. That's what we see in the story of Purim. And Hashem tells us to read the entire story. Read the story about, and read also about Achashverosh. Learn about how he became the king and what he did when he became the king. Why is that relevant? Because you should know that whatever is happening in the whole world, it's, even though it doesn't make sense, that's the fact. It's all for the sake of the Jewish people. So to every generation. Don't be afraid of the quantity. Even when you see that you are vastly outnumbered, when you have in quality, you have something that's connected with the source of the life of life, so that is what has weight. That is what affects the entire world and brings the whole world to the side of truth and life. It may seem that just a small, tiny thing in relevance to the entire world, a small group of people doing ter mitzvahs in some corner of the world, even in kosher, keeping Shabbos, and they are such a, they're so outnumbered, but it doesn't go by quantity. In quality, we have, some, we have people which are connected to the source of life, and they're the ones who bring the whole world to the side of truth and life. So it doesn't make sense. However, Hashem wanted with His great kindness to reveal to us a tiny bit so we should make sense to us. For example, Although, in general, a mitzvah is super rational, a mitzvah is the will of Hashem, which is beyond logic, yet, there are reasons given for mitzvahs. There are reasons given for mitzvahs, albeit for the, re- for the general theme of the mitzvah. The reasons aren't for the details of the mitzvah. As the Ramam writes in the Gaita Perplexed that 
the logic that's given for mitzvahs is just for the general theme of the mitzvah, not for the details. So too, in regards to the inner dimension of Torah, the secrets of the Torah, that, that it's, it's coming to logic, but only a tiny bit is coming to logic. The Medrash says that all this Torah we study nowadays is considered vanity, is considered insignificant compared to the Torah of Mashiach. But in order to reach the Torah of Mashiach, we have to learn Torah nowadays. It may be that our Torah we're studying nowadays is considered like nothing by the Torah of Mashiach, but in order to get to the Torah of Mashiach, you have to start study Torah now, nowadays. Although this is taka, it's truly something which is insignificant, insignificant compared to what Mashiach will reveal, yet you can't get to Mashiach without studying Torah nowadays. And so too, in order to understand the secrets of the Torah, that Mashiach will reveal, Mashiach will come, we have to learn a little bit of those secrets now that Hashem has given us now. It's like the Gemara says about, um, and it continues, this is like, I'm going to paraphrase in the Hebrew. This is similar to what the Gemara says about the coming of Mashiach, about um, coming to Ganeiden. The Gemara says, how fortunate is someone who arrives in Ganeiden and has the Talmud in his hands. Which means, as Altarb explains, that in order to learn Torah in Ganeiden uh, and to understand the Torah of Ganeiden, it's only after you study Torah in this world. If you have the Torah in this world, although there's a vast difference, it's an understatement between the Torah we're learning, we're learning here, the Torah studied in Ganeiden, in the yeshiva in Ganeiden, uh, in the yeshiva of Hashem, or the yeshiva of the faithful shepherd of Meshach Rabbeinu, there's a lot of few yeshivas, in Ganeiden, many yeshivas in Ganeiden. So any yeshiva in Ganeiden is far beyond any yeshiva over here. But nevertheless, in order to come to that yeshiva, understand that, to learn that yeshiva, you have to, you have to come with, with information. Hi, I'm uh, Chaim Peretz Bresman. I studied Bava Metziah. Where do I go? Right? So, so the, you're going to learn the same Bava Metziah uh, uh, after B.S. Mashiach. Don't go nowhere. But uh, the, 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 those who passed away, they learned the same Torah. They learned here the same Gemara. They learn now with a whole different depth. They, they learn in Ganeiden. So similarly, regarding what we talked about, about before, about becoming a Mashiach, that when Mashiach will come, when the glory of Hashem will be revealed in this world, then we'll see, even if we don't understand it fully, we'll, we'll see that, that there are only a few people studying Torah and doing mitzvahs, and the rest of the world, as it says in the Torah, strangers will come and pasture your sheep. Even when Mashiach will come, this is something that, that, that will still be that way. There will still be a minority. But Hashem has given us something in our time that gives a little understanding of this. How do we have a little understanding? It's specifically in the latest, in the, in the most recent years, the Rebbe says. That was talking in 1965. When we're getting close to the time of the revelation of Mashiach, revelation of the glory of Hashem, the, this, the world has revealed that even a tiny amount of quantity can have a tremendous, enormous power of quality. So that with a tiny bit of matter, you're able to, Rahman al-Tzlan, may Hashem preserve us, to destroy the entire world and everything in it. Even though the whole world is a million or billion times more than the explosion that's used to destroy, nevertheless, the, although the, the world's a billion times bigger, yet this tiny little thing could destroy something a billion times longer, larger than that. So if this is true in the negative, 
how much true, how much more so is this true in the positive that a tiny bit of a tiny bit of matter you could put into it a, a tremendous amount of quality, Trem- huge, enormous, wondrous powers can be invested in a tiny bit of matter, and through this a whole world could be built. Just here, it's going on, Nathan. Just like in in quantity, a tiny bit of matter could destroy the world. So to the Rebbe says, we should realize that in a tiny bit of matter, you're putting on film, you're eating kosher, you're saying a bracha, in this tiny bit of matter that you're doing, just like a, a, an atom could destroy a billion times more than the atom, and much more than a billion, so too, in the positive, Hashem invests in this tiny bit of matter, tiny group of people doing these t- little things, such, a, such wondrous power. So it's true that this is not something we can understand in our minds, but we have at least an example for how a small amount of amount of matter, if you use the power which is in that bit of matter fully, you're able to build the whole world. So it says in the Talmud that whatever is true in the negative is true also in the positive, but many more times so. So if in the negative a tiny bit of matter could destroy the world, can you imagine how much in a tiny bit of matter, Hashem invests the ability to invest so much strength in this tiny bit of matter to build the whole world, much, much more than the Adam Mom could destroy, a mitzvah could build the whole world. And just like this is true regarding the story of Esther, that Esther asked that she wanted her story to be preserved for all generations, that there was a king. Only the reason he became a king is in order that, that years later, many years later, the capital city of Shushan should celebrate the, 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 the um, uh, annulment of his decree and the Jewish people should celebrate. That's the only reason he became king years before. So anyone who thinks about the story of Purim could discover a similar, a similar thing in every generation in many, many details in his personal life that sometimes you see after many years here Nathan, sometimes you see after many years that a tiny event in your life that happened decades ago, that caused so many things that happened in your life, that saved your life, either partially or a lot. You hear what the Rebbe is saying? A tiny event, there's a tiny thing. Gefilterfish26.com, yeah? Sorry. So to regarding the Jewish people, the Ramam says, this is the fact, that when a Jew does one mitzvah, he's able to tilt the entire world to the side of merit, and bring salvation to the whole world through the coming of Mashiach. That means a one action of one Jew in one moment has a power to change and to actually bring Mashiach in this physical world in a way of joy, in a way of goodness, in a way of kindness that's open and clear, light and joy, gladness and honor. So in short, what we did today is we learned how how come when Mashiach will come, we'll still have to read the story of Purim, the story of Esther, and the whole story of Esther. And the reason is because even after Mashiach comes, there's going to be all, not just Jews, not just Torah, not just Hashem. There's going to be animals and vegetation and people and more people and more non-Jews than Jews even after Mashiach comes. So, so although we don't necessarily understand why, um, why, how it makes sense to say that uh, there's such a small amount of people and yet the whole world is, is for their sake, and, 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 and yet that's what we, we see in, 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 in our lives. We see how some tiny events in our life caused so many big things to happen decades later, tiny little events. And similarly, just like in the story of Purim, 
that the whole reason Hashem made Achashverosh to be the king, all these all these things that happened were only for. Um, So, let me, let me just re- re- rephrase that. We're trying to say how a tiny little thing that we do has enormous impact. That's what we're trying to say. And although it looks like there's a big world and we're just irrelevant and we're just a tiny little group of people learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but the Rebbe is saying we should realize it's not that way. That our tiny little group, Hashem gives tremendous power, a wondrous power into, into what we do with our mitzvahs and Torah. And just like in the story of Purim, that there were all these big world events were all for the sake of the Jewish people. So the Jewish people, which are a minority, they're, what's, they're, they're the reason that all these world events are happening. And so too, on a personal level, um, we have to realize that if Hashem has given us the ability to, to have some understanding of this, not, not, not to fully understand it, but to have some, some analogy in our lives for the colossal impact of our, of our deeds, we see through nuclear power how nuclear power is able to destroy a billion times more than the than the quantity of what the 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 um, matter is. So, to on a positive level, Mruvimidateva, as the Talmud says, that the attribute of goodness is much more than the attribute of the negative. That the that the tiniest thing in quantity is able to have such a colossal effect in the whole world. So that one good deed is able to affect the entire world, and the and Mashiach can come in one moment by one yid adding one mitzvah. Are we off, off record now? Thank you. We're off record, but we're in the middle of the Dafi Amy class. We go outside.